Well, it's only a week out from Christmas. And uh, commercially, it's uh, been reminding us of that for many, many weeks and even months. But it's good as believers in Jesus Christ to remind ourselves of his coming into this world. And we just want to do that this morning as we look at his word. So let's um, pray as we consider that. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to meet today again. And thank you for everyone who's come and people who have uh, taken the time out to be here. Some have travelled long distances and some have come locally. We thank you, Lord, for each one who is here this morning that you might uh, be at work in their lives and uh, that this morning they might be encouraged uh, to seek you with their whole heart. And so, Lord, we ask now that you'd give us insight into your word. May the distractions of this life just uh, be put aside for a while and that we might consider you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, as I said, it's, it's Christmas time and uh, if you tr do a drive around the town of Moree, as in many places around Australia, I'm sure you will find that uh, there are Christmas lights everywhere. I went for a drive the other night, not intentionally looking at Christmas lights, so I had another purpose in mind, but um, I had to drive carefully because there's so many cars on the road uh, that were driving extremely slowly who were checking out the lights on houses around town. And as I was driving past one particular house, I noticed there were several cars there and I had to negotiate my way past them and I wondered why they were staying there so long and then I, I realised that there's this increasing... Uh, phenomena of people who are not only displaying lights but they also have their own radio tuned station to, so that you can stop and tune in on your FM radio on your car and hear a message uh, coming somewhere from out of that house I'm assuming um, and so they have a particular message that they are displaying on both uh, through their lights and through the sound. Well lights have always been a part of Christmas uh, in many ways and None so than the real reason for Christmas, the coming of Christ, is all about light. And I just want to focus on light this morning and the light that comes from God, the arrival of the light. And light is amazing. It's not until you don't have any that you realise how valuable light really is. Just wait until you have a blackout in the middle of the night and then you appreciate the importance of a light source. Light has that marvellous capacity to show us where we are and where we need to go. It has the ability to penetrate, to penetrate the darkness and dissipate and dispel it. Light and darkness don't reside together. Light overcomes the darkness. And the stronger the source of light, the further the darkness is dispelled. That is true physically, but it's also true spiritually. It's what the Bible reveals about the conflict between light and darkness. When we look through the scriptures at the wonderful story and the message of Christmas, we find that there is a recurring theme of light. The light from God that has come to penetrate the horrible spiritual darkness that envelops the world of people oppressed by sin, who have no solution in and of themselves. The light of God exposes everything, but it also opens the way for healing to take place. Healing of the soul that is desperate for answers, 
desperate for hope, desperate for a way out of the sin-saturated life of self-absorption and self-pursuit. And so through the Old Testament and the New, we see this theme of promised light that is prophesied about in the Old Testament, but it is then the revealed light in the New Testament when the message of Christ's coming is made clear in the Gospels and affirmed in the epistles that he is the light that each one of us needs to address the darkness in our own lives. So whether it is the glory of God that surrounded the angels or the light of the Bethlehem star or the truth that Jesus is the light of the world, the concept of light figures prominently in the coming of the Saviour as a baby born at Bethlehem and extends into his life and ministry as he lived on this earth. So this morning I want to consider two things. Firstly, the promise of light and then the power of the light. And Isaiah chapter 9 talks about the promise of the light to come. Isaiah begins this prophecy stating that amid the spiritual darkness, the blackness that plagued Israel and still plagues our world today, there will be a piercing of the darkness by the light of God's salvation. This promise is later fulfilled in the birth of the Messiah, Jesus. But in Isaiah chapter 8, it speaks of how far Judah has fallen. The people are walking and living in spiritual darkness and they've totally turned away from the light of the truth of God himself. In fact, it tells us that they're actually seeking Satan and the realms of evil spirits to inform them, to try and gain wisdom and understanding, not realising that this is the only, this is only leading them down a darker pathway of confusion and hopelessness. Follow with me in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 19. It says, And when they say to you, Seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, Should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. They will pass through it hard-pressed and hungry, and it shall happen when they are hungry and that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. Then they will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness, gloom of anguish, and they will be driven into darkness. What a morbid story. But chapter 9, the next chapter, is the ray of light and hope in the darkness. There is a promise of better to come, a prediction and a promise of light in the darkness that will bring hope to a darkened outlook that has been shrouded by rebellion and lies. Chapter 9, verse 2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. The gloom of death will be dispelled by a great light that comes from God. 
and that light comes in the shape of a person. It's not a candle, it's not a match, it's not a lantern, it's not a torch. No, it's the light of God in the person of his son. And if his glory wasn't veiled, it would illuminate the whole world, which it will do one day. And here Isaiah predicts both the first coming and the second coming of this light from God. Notice what he says, those well-known verses in verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. He will enter the world very humbly in the flesh, born in seemingly hopelessness as a babe, and yet he is the almighty God. His names show that he is God and that he will be the ruler king, he's righteous and he's just. He humbles himself so that he might satisfy the righteous requirements of the Father by offering himself in substitution as the bearer of the punishment of death for the sin of the whole world. So that those who are under the shadow of death might see that a light has shone upon the world to offer hope of salvation. But Isaiah also reminds us he, that he also will come again a second time to conquer those who oppose him, those who reject his salvation. And he will establish a kingdom where he will rule the entire world from his earthly throne. In Zechariah chapter 14 and verses 1 to 4, we read about this return of the king as Zechariah predicts his second coming. And he says these words, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north and half of it towards the south. And then verse 9, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be... The Lord is one, and his name one. The light has been promised by Isaiah. The light has come, and the light will come again. But we go from the promise of light in the Old Testament through to the 
power of the light in the New Testament. In John chapter 1, which John read to us this morning, just reminds us of the power of the light from God. John begins his account of Christ coming into the world by underscoring the preeminent place that Christ has always had in the Trinity from before time. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. The Word is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. We know this because John describes him as the Word who became flesh in verse 14 and dwelt among us. He speaks of Jesus. He is the Word who was God before all time, who became human at a point in time, as he, entered, as he entered into this world through human birth and lived among people. John the Apostle doesn't try and prove God, he just assumes his existence and then describes the coming of God in the flesh, the God-man, as his introduction of Jesus, the Messiah, into the world of humanity. He states that this one Jesus who came into the world so humbly is also the one who created everything. Verse 3 of John 1, And all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. All of creation has its origin in Christ. He is the source of all things, and he is definitely the source of life. And life in him and from him is the light source that gives enlightenment to all mankind. Verse 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. He is the light that comes to dispel spiritual darkness of sin. He exposes the lies of falsehood that permeate our world and he also exposes the falsehood of our lives individually. Every day there are lies of darkness that are being perpetrated in our world, either intentionally or unintentionally, and it's only the light of truth, of the God of truth, that can expose those lies. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it. In verse 5, or as another translation says, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. But that can also be translated, as it was in the reading that John gave us this morning, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness cannot conquer the light. Christ, the light, is insurmountable. His influence and his power... His light is irresistible. People cannot conquer Christ. They may run from him and hide from him in the deepest recesses of the darkness, but they can never destroy or overcome Christ, who is the light of the world. Herod tried to destroy him at his birth. Satan tried to kill him in, the desert, in his desert temptation. The people wanted him destroyed when they cried out, crucify him. 
but even death could not destroy him and the grave couldn't hold him. John the Baptist testified to the truth of Jesus Christ being the light that leads us to the Father in verses 6 and 8 where he said, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. John the Baptist was very clear that he wasn't the way to God, but he was pointing to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as being the only way to God. Just as John the Apostle recorded a little bit later in his Gospel, in chapter 14, verse 6, where he quotes Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Not everyone readily accepted and received and embraced the truth that Jesus revealed about himself. John reminds us here that many rejected him. Many turned away from him and even tried to discredit him. But he just demonstrated who he was by the way he lived his life and by the words that he spoke. And then by his death and his amazing return back to life again after three days dead in the tomb. Verse 10 and 11 reminds us, He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But for those who are willing for the light from heaven to penetrate the darkness of their lives, he offered himself as the sin bearer, the redeemer, the giver of life everlasting and hope that springs eternal for anyone who would humble themselves and bow the knee of their hearts to him and receive him as a saviour who is the light of the world. That was the true light, verse 9, that was the true light which gives light to every man, woman and child coming into this world. When we receive him, we escape the judgment of the darkness of rebellion against him and we are welcomed into the family of God through a new spiritual birth is what John describes here when he says but as many as received him to them he gave the the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor the will of the flesh nor the will of man but of God and if we willingly receive this saviour who is the light of the world then we are to live in the light that he gives us the light of the new spiritual life we have in him. And we are told not to engage ourselves in the works of darkness of the lies that have so easily deceived us in the past. We are reminded that he becomes our guide, he becomes our source of light to guide us through the darkness as we navigate this world of life on earth. And we have this wonderful promise of life, not just here on this earth, but a life that goes on forever. A life with God, 
with the Lord Jesus Christ eternally. And the Apostle Paul, speaking to the Ephesian believers in Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 6 to 11, just reminds believers, those who trust in this Christ, the light of the world, as their saviour, he calls us to walk in a way which reflects him to the world around us. Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. So this Christmas, let us walk as children of light, testifying to what the light of life has done in our lives. There's only one light from God and it comes through Jesus Christ. And he is the one who must illuminate our lives, both now and for the future. Let's honour and glorify him as the light of the world for our world. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, the light, the promised light, the powerful light who overcomes the darkness. We thank you that this Christmas we can celebrate all that Jesus has done and he's coming into this world. We thank you for his first coming in dealing with sin and all its consequences so that by faith we can experience the wonder of new life in him. Lord, we look forward to his second coming when he will come as the powerful King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, may we bow the knee truly to him while we have opportunity in this life. We ask these things in his name. Amen.